welcome to another episode of Sola, the singleness podcast. Sola is short for solidarity, as in the word solidarity, but we've just changed it into Sola because that is what I've been for a really long time. I started this podcast in 2017 because I wanted people to know that when you're alone, you're not really alone. And so here we are. 2022, nearly five years later since I started that. And let me just tell you all a secret. If you've been listening for a long time, this is not a secret to you. I started this podcast because I was procrastinating writing a book. I knew at the beginning of 2017 that I should probably write about singleness. I have a degree in creative writing, although it is in fiction. Most of my adult life, I've written nonfiction pieces for my own blog, for other blogs, even, you know, paid to do that. But here we are. And I just recently got published. It has been such a journey. My book is called Single Just Because, A Pilgrimage into Holy Aloneness. It is this beautiful, bright orange book, and it shares my story. There are some things in my book that I definitely have talked about in the podcast. But the thing about it that's really interesting to me is at the end of the day, like these things are two wildly different mediums. And in the podcast, there's a way that I get to just share a lot more of who I am. Whereas in the book, it is a collection of stories. Um, Either way, those of you who've been listening all this time, you know, run, don't walk to Amazon right now or wherever you could get your books, wherever you would normally get your books and buy a copy for yourself. And then you will truly know more than you ever wanted to know about Bridget G. But also if you've been listening for a long time and you don't follow me on Instagram, if you have Instagram, I am at the Bridget G and I'll just put it in the show notes so that you know how to spell it. But follow me over there because I'm always making lots of announcements. I really meant to record this episode a while back and just say, hey, guess what? My book's out. (laughs) So for those of you who've been here since 2017, 2018, thank you. You are the real ones. If you don't know me, if we've ever emailed or anything like that, I just wanted to say thank you. I really appreciate it. I know some of you have listened all this time and maybe even more recently met me. And I just want you to know, I, (laughs) I'm just humbled and overwhelmed. Those are the two words I keep using. Everyone's asking me, how's the book launch going? How's the book tour going? A book tour sounds really official. Um, when the truth is, it's just me deciding to go to these places and meet with some people who show up and see what happens. So Yeah, I'm sort of trusting the journey that the book takes on its own, and it's been a lot of fun, but I think all in all, this has been a gift to me because my biggest issue in my singleness is like this fight to believe in my lovability or, you know, like how loved I am, that, oh, it's so temporary, it's fleeting, and it's only if I, you know, do things to 
invite people to love me. But um, this has just been so beyond that, the ways people have stepped up and helped me, the ways people bought my book and posted about it without even telling me and then, you know, text me or message me and let me know how much they're enjoying it. It's just an honor because I took a chance and wrote about my life and my story rather than trying to create like a self-help book or trying to, I don't know, like spell out this comprehensive theology of singleness. Those things aren't really me, but I could offer me for who I really am. And so, yeah, that's sort of what's been going on. And this isn't going to be a very long podcast episode, but I did think maybe I should read a little bit from my book. What do you guys think? All right. I'm feeling the vibes towards yes. Okay. I picked something from chapter eight, which is called embracing my authentic self. And I'll give you a little bit of background. It's just good. It's not that long, but it's good. Okay. In 2015, I had gone on a trip to China and climbed up to the Great Wall. And it was a really hard time for me. And my whole group that I was with left me behind on the wall. But God used it to speak some really good things over me. That's in chapter five. But in 2018, I went again and had this really great summer of learning to embrace who I really am. And that's why it's called Embracing My Authentic Self. I talk a little bit about the Enneagram in that one, which we have had episodes about. And yeah, this is the last part of Embracing My Authentic Self. And I'll also read The Pilgrimage Moment, which at the end of every content chapter, which is chapters one through 11, there is a pilgrimage moment. And although in chapter two, it's kind of smacked up in the middle of the chapter, but the pilgrimage moments are meant to be pauses for you in the book. Uh, One of my friends, she texted me today and said, oh yeah, your book was really good. (laughs) I was like, you just already read the whole thing. And she goes, yeah, it took me like maybe four or five hours. And I've said this to my friends throughout that my book's a really easy read. So for those of you who aren't readers, it's a really easy read. It's, it's a quick read. But the pilgrimage moments are worth pausing on and they're worth returning to and considering and maybe even doing slash practicing. So for those of you who've already read it, go back, pause, have a pilgrimage moment, okay? So like I said, From Single Just Because, A Pilgrimage into Holy Aloneness by yours truly, Bridget G. From Chapter 8, Embracing My Authentic Self. This is Returning to the Great Wall. It was just the right time for me to return to the Great Wall, the scene of my last big fight with God, my last big fit. The Great Wall has become a sacred place for me. The second time I climbed it, my team knew my story from the first time. A few of my teammates stuck around to climb together, and we had a great time. I was also in better shape than I had been three years prior, so it didn't take me nearly as long as before. It's almost as if God made it harder for me the first time. So much can change in three years. God had been faithful to show me that even when I don't get everything I want, he still has it all for me. 
So often, when I prayed prayers for a husband, God showed me that he had far more for me than that. Below the surface of our conflicts and desires are deeper longings, ones I believe only God can address. I wanted to be loved, but God wanted me to be free, because I was already so loved. I decided to have a little quiet moment alone with God on the Great Wall. I pulled out my journal and thanked God for the amazing life he had given me. I was so happy to be there. I wasn't that concerned about not having a husband, as I had been three years prior. I didn't feel lonely. I knew nothing was wrong with me still being single. I had begun to believe that my truest self was a gift, whether I got the love I wanted or not. I was exactly where I was supposed to be, in the middle of God's grace. It was only God's work in my life that changed me over those years. It was God who had done great and wonderful things in and through me. All of it was his grace, and my arms were wide open to it. By this time, I knew grace well, and I just wanted more of it. I don't see my singleness the same way I did that first time on the wall. It doesn't feel like an excruciating climb. It feels a lot more level. There's no final summit with singleness, no ultimate win. Life is a mix of messy and miraculous. Being single gives you this great opportunity to recognize who you really are, undistracted, warts and all. When you do that good and hard work of being human, all your relationships will benefit. You don't have to use the Enneagram to do it, but the content of the Enneagram helped me look at myself and my friends in a new light. So here's the pilgrimage moment. Take a hike. I've had so many moments alone with God on mountainsides and mountaintops. Some of them were intentional on my part and some of them were not. No matter, it was in these spaces that I was able to see myself for who I really am, God's. I was privileged to return to the Great Wall and rewrite that experience, so to speak. I have to have a living metaphor for God's provision and grace in my life. You can have these moments too. You've got to go be alone with your creator. You've got to remember who the divine is, who you are, and renew your covenant together. And it has to happen regularly because the problems of life will always be waiting at home for you. Do it in your own creative ways. Do you need to go on a trip you never would have otherwise? Do you need to take your Sabbath seriously and get unplugged for the day? Do you need to return to a place and let God rewrite its meaning to show himself to you more clearly? What are some mountainsides you can visit in the near future to steal away for a moment with God? A hike or a walk are simple choices to make. Even though so many of my mountainside moments with God have been while on the job, activities for fun and tourism with students, God claimed them as spiritual moments between us. You may need to hear different things about your singleness in your alone places with God. If you don't make intentional space to hear from him, God may force you up on mountainsides by his mercy anyway. That's just a really good one for a lot of reasons. It captures a lot of the themes of what I talk about in the whole book. I've been telling people that my book is about what do we get or who are we, I mean, when we don't get the thing that we want the most. Like, who will we be? Who will I be? And it really talks a lot about, like, unpacking the things that I was seeking in my deep desire to be married. And, you know, like, 
if you have been listening, you know I still want to be married. I just think I feel more liberated and free from the reasons that I used to want to be married. I feel free from the the things that made me feel like I had to be married or was supposed to be married by a certain age. So the fun thing too is that the older I get, the older everyone else gets before they get married for the first time. And so I feel less weird. We're living in a really special and weird and wonderful time in so many ways. That's a loaded statement, but I just wanted to encourage you that, you know, if you really think that you're supposed to be somewhere else, you're not. You're exactly where you're supposed to be. Or maybe you're in a place that's it's not right that you're there and that it isn't an injustice. But I, I would never say that it's an injustice that you're not married. You know, we're not entitled to that kind of thing. We're just not. And so how do you live your life, even if you're not entitled to a certain experience, you know, or if you're not getting to be, go through something or have something that you totally deserve to have? It's, it's complicated, I know, because so much of what we're taught in church culture, sorry if you hear me rustling around, I'm sitting on the ground in my bedroom and <laughs> my legs falling asleep. But yeah, I just think so much of the theology that we're taught is like, you know, that marriage is really holy and it means something about your holiness and your righteousness and your contentment that you got it. And then on the other hand, we're also taught like we deserve nothing and we're so depraved and sinful that like these things just aren't compatible theologies with one another. Um, So something's got to give, you know, and I've struggled through that my whole life and my whole adulthood, just like unpacking those things and so in some ways my book is like a deconstruction of American evangelical uh, singleness and marriage beliefs I think there's a lot in there that are going to make some people mad at me (laughs) and going to leave people unsatisfied but that's okay we know what being unsatisfied is like (laughs) I'm going to be 33 in like less than two days and that's really exciting did not think I'd make it this far into my singleness, but I have some comfort knowing that my favorite guy in history, Jesus, was single through age 33. And you know, he had a rough go of it there at the end. And then at the very end, which was just the beginning, it was the best go of it of all time, you know, like resurrection. Are you kidding me? So I'm calling this my resurrection year. And actually, all of my friends that turn 33, I've been doing this for a couple of years, saying, oh my gosh, it's your resurrection year. And uh, luckily, we don't have to get nailed to a cross. That's nice. I appreciate that about this whole thing I believe in. Um, <laughs> but I've been praying that over myself and my friends who've turned 33 this year, that it would be a resurrection year, that we'd feel life where there is death And that where there would be hope, where we felt hopeless, where, yeah, there would just be resurrection. And resurrection's miraculous. It's an impossible thing. So I'm just praying for a year of impossibilities in my life, even though so much good has already happened. So many things that I'm experiencing are unbelievable, to be honest. So, yeah, that's what I have to offer you today for this short little podcast. 
I'm going to post it before I can think that I need to, um, you know, try again. But I was trying to do it in one go. Again, thank you. I think that I will continue to record episodes and put them out as the time goes on, as I develop more connections with people in this kind of sphere, because I think I am meeting more of them and I'm really excited to see what comes of this. Sola is not over by any means. It's just, I have a whole life and a half maybe (laughs) to be living. So you'll get, there'll be more of where this came from, but you'll just have to go listen to old episodes. If you miss me, which like, I doubt it, but if you do (laughs) buy my book, read it. And then send me a message on Instagram telling me what you like about it. Um, if you're, if you remember one of the early episodes, we talked briefly about giving and receiving feedback. I've grown a lot in the area of receiving feedback, but I will say this: if you give me some kind of constructive or negative feedback about my book, there's not much I can do about it at this point because it's in print, babies. And also, it's a story of my life. So unless you do want to have a a theological conversation, I'll decide if I have time and energy and capacity for it. But, you know, it's your prerogative if you want to call me out for something. Um, I'm open to that kind of feedback and dialogue because I want to keep growing. My book is not a book of answers. It's not. It's really, really not. But it is meant to help you feel encouraged to grow deeper um, in relationship with your creator. And, and that's all I could hope for you. All right. Like I said, follow me on at the Bridget G on Instagram. Feel free to send me an email if you want about anything. Solidaritypodcast at gmail.com. And if you did buy the book, Could you go leave a review on Amazon or Goodreads or both? And I do think that on Amazon, you don't have to have bought it from Amazon to leave a review. Thank you. That would mean so much. You'll be hearing from me soon.